A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. The World Test Championship final is only hours away now. Australia and India will do battle for the mace at the Oval in what promises to be a fantastic encounter. My name is Josh Shonafinger and I'm joined all the way from London by Louis Cameron, who's been in position watching the teams and is ready for a cracking match. How are you, Lou? I'm good, Josh. I'm feeling like I'm in a very kind of English setting at the moment as we were just talking about off air. I'm basically on a train platform at the moment. I'm staying at a, a hotel in Vauxhall, which is like right on Vauxhall Station, uh, and there's four platforms in front of me, and I'm basically on platform five. Like I could not get any closer. So I feel like I'm getting the full London, full English experience. There's not enough space. There's too many people who live in this country, but um, <laughs> that's fine. We're, uh, <laughs> we're only here to visit, and, uh, and we're looking forward to it. How has the build-up to the final been so far? You've been there a couple of days already now. It's been good, mate. Yeah, it's been uh, – look, it's been interesting in terms of it's not quite – you know, it's not an Ashes test. It's not even a Bordegavaska test. It's this one-off grand final showpiece kind of event that we're not really used to. So we're not really sure exactly kind of how to build it up. And I think the coverage has kind of reflected that. I think it's there hasn't been, you know, lots of talk about how's Warner going to go against Mohamed Shami and Siraj and – um, you know, will Steve Smith struggle against Jadeja like he did before? Because we don't really know what to expect because we know, you know, facing Jadeja in India is really hard and we know facing, you know, even Shami and Siraj and uh, Cummins and Hazelwood and these guys in Australia is really difficult. Uh, but we don't really kind of know uh, how they're all going to go against each other in a, in a neutral game, in a neutral territory. So... It's kind of, it's just a, it's a strange build up. Like it's, you know, two of the, you know, the two best teams in world cricket, um, the two teams that really deserve to be there. Um, but yeah, just like a, a slightly, slightly odd build up, I'd say. But I think once things get underway, it'll be all systems go and um, people will hopefully back in Australia get really interested in this test. Because I, I think we, we all agree it's a great idea from the ICC to have this kind of showpiece event at the end of a two-year cycle. Absolutely. And for fans back in Australia who do want to tune in, it will be available on Channel 7 uh, from June 7. That's Wednesday night and it will run for five days. There is also the option for a sixth if there is weather involved, which I think is also a great idea, a reserve day. Um, no, we don't talk about that day, Josh. We don't talk about day six. It's not going into a day six. We don't want it to go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay. Let's not mention that day six. I'm just, it's too tight, it's too tight a turnaround before the ashes. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I don't want that to happen. And I think the forecast is good. So uh, let's just pray that, that that one's not required. Let's pretend it doesn't exist at okay, all. Okay, listeners, just between us, that is there as an option, but it's not <laughs> going to happen. We won't mention it to Louis. Um, there are some changes to the Australian squad. Well, one change, I suppose. They had to name a squad of 15, um, but they've already had to make an injury-forced change. Louis, what's happened there? Yeah, so, I mean, you wouldn't know it, but Josh Hazelwood uh, supposedly has a bit of an injury. He, I've been watching him at training the last few days. They've been, they trained at the Oval uh, earlier today, my time on 
uh, what's today? Monday. Uh, trained earlier today, and they've also been training in Beckenham, which is a kind of a, like a county outground in Kent, um, about a half an hour drive away in London southeast. And Josh Hazelwood's been bowling the house down, and you know if they didn't say anything, I would have thought he would be 100% right to go. But apparently, he's still kind of carrying a little bit of that Achilles niggle that um, that he struggled with in India that ruled him out of that tour, and he's also uh, got this this kind of like lingering side strain. He kind of has has got a a little nick in his side that they can't quite figure out, I think. He's, he's done a couple of side injuries over the last couple of years and he had a bit of a setback in the IPL. So they're basically just being being care, careful with him. Um, I, I think it would have been for him either or World Test Championship final or first Ashes Test, probably not both unless, you know, the World Test Championship final didn't require too many overs. So I, I think they're being, being cautious. And when you've got Scott Boland on the sidelines – you know, he's uh, he's Hazelwood's equal. You know, if you know, I, I think they're they're on par with each other at the moment. I think those, in my mind, those four bowlers are as good as each other at the moment in in Test cricket. And you you throw a blanket over them, so um, they're not losing too much by by playing Boland if if that's what happens. Right, and Nisa, of course, is Hazelwood's replacement in the squad. But you're predicting that he'll probably just come in and carry the drinks. You're right. Yeah, you you were setting me up to say that Michael Nisa has come into the squad. Yes, <laughs> Michael Nisa. Thank you for thank you for informing the listeners. You're right. Uh, Michael Nisa is in the squad. Um, whether he plays, look, I, I personally th- think that it's more likely that Boland gets an odd. I mean, just purely by fact of he was the the first guy already in the squad. The four bowlers they picked in in that initial squad, you know, were those four, and Nisa wasn't wasn't one of them. So I think he's. But the thing is that he'll he'll probably play at some point, you know, during the Ashes. Like I think they are playing six tests in seven and a half weeks. That's a lot for just four fast bowlers. Um, so I expect to see some some of Michael Nisa over the next uh, next little while. And for fans who have been in footy mode back here in Australia, David Warner a couple of days ago also made an interesting revelation about his test future, which I think caught everybody by surprise. I've always said that the World Cup would probably be my final game. Um, but I think, you know, I probably owe it to myself and my family. Um, you know, if I can score runs here, continue to play back in Australia, um, I can definitely say I won't be playing that West Indies series. So I think if I get through this and and I can make the Pakistan series, I'll definitely uh, finish up then. Yeah, it was surprising. I mean, we weren't really expecting him to just flat out say that this would be the end point of his test career. Um, We've kind of heard him say that the ODI World Cup coming up later this year would be his likely end point in one-day cricket, that the 2024 T20 World Cup in the US and the Caribbean next year would probably be his end point overall. Uh, but he, he basically came out and said that he wouldn't play next summer's West Indies test, meaning that he played the three tests against Pakistan uh, and then call it quits in a kind of fairy tale ending at, at the SCG, which also, you know, in that scenario allows him to play all six tests against England and, and India in the World Test Championship final. That's so, you know, while it's all good and well that he wants to go on to, you know, Sydney next year, I, I think, you know, it's no secret that. His form has dipped. You know, he made that beautiful 200 at the MCG last summer, but, um, you know, not excluding that. But outside of that that innings, there there hasn't been, you know, a lot of meat on the bones for David Warner. So I think, you know, they know and, and, you know, they're kind of saying that he still needs to score runs to, you know, keep his spot on the side for this Ashes series. I I dare say that if, 
it starts off like it did in 2019 when you know he, he averaged under 10 for the series. I don't know if they'd stick with him for for the full five tests, just given that recent record and and the record in that Ashes series. So, yeah, interesting that he's he's kind of given himself uh, that that end date. But um, yeah, it it probably doesn't lessen the scrutiny on whether he'll be able to make it that far or not. Mm. But he definitely will play in the World Test Championship final. That's been sort of um, alluded to by the coach, hasn't it? Yeah, there's no doubt about that, that he'll start. And even if he, you know, he made a pair in the World Test Championship final, I wouldn't expect him to, to get dropped for the for the first Ashes test. I think, you know, there there is just some sense of, you know, what's who's the, the guy banging down the door to get in. Now, there's a few good options there. Marcus Harris uh, is probably front of that queue. Matthew Renshaw is also in the squad. Cameron Bancroft had a good Shield season but missed out on this touring party. But... All three have had goes in test cricket and none have absolutely shot the lights out. Um, so I think selectors know that and kind of go, well, David Warner's been a remarkable player for a long time. Yes, he's in a bit of a dip. Yes, he's in a bit of a rut. But do we go with someone we know, someone who has you know got a track record of figuring things out in international cricket? Or do we go with you know three other guys who they don't know whether they'll be um, you know elite test cricketers in the calibre of David Warner uh, even if they give him the opportunity. So you can see why they're sticking with him. Um, now he's got to put the runs on the board, I suppose. And you've been to the Oval a couple of times, which will be the venue of the final. Um, what have you made? Have you had a look at the pitch? What's going to happen out in the middle? You said conditions are going to be good. Uh, what's it going to be like on the ground? Yeah, I was out there for Australian training and India training uh, today. I didn't see too much of India train, but um, my colleague Andrew Ramsey uh, did and maybe we'll start with them because we've spoken a bit about the Aussies. Uh, he he didn't see Ravi Chandran Ashwin bowl today, which is uh, a bit of intrigue. Which um, you know may suggest that they may go in with four fast bowlers and play Jadeja, who bats in their top six anyway, uh, as their sole spinner. So that would probably look like Chami, Siraj, uh, Takur, and Umesh Yadav, and, and Takur kind of getting that final spot over Ashwin. So that's kind of what early indications suggest. We are still, you know, around 48 hours out from the first ball being bowled. So, you know, that could change. Maybe Ashwin does bowl the day before the tests and he was all just playing us the two days out, uh, which would, would not be an un-Ravi Chandran Ashwin thing to do, right? Um, so that's, you know, the, the interesting part from the Indian camp. Uh, on the Australian front, look, we've watched them train for the last week uh, we, we didn't see them up in uh, Formby, which is where they had a, a bit of a golf retreat, a bit of a, a planning session. Uh, they did do some kind of cricket in there as well. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, uh, and they've been training in, in Beckenham, like I said before as well. And, look, it's it's low-key. Uh, my, my colleague, Andrew Ramsey, uh, wrote a really good piece. He was there for the 2019 Ashes build-up and it was this kind of Lord of the Flies type scenario where Justin Langer and Ricky Ponting and Steve Waugh are putting these guys through their paces and uh, it was a selection trial, right? And Australian cricket was in a, a much different position at that point. You had Bancroft, Warner, Smith coming back into the side. You had a lot more uncertainty over the bowling attack and uh, things like that. Uh, and, you know, people people playing for their for their careers here it's you know really different. Like it's a it's a much more settled team. I think we we all know what the likely eleven is supposed to be, and uh, just a, a much more relaxed vibe. Um, 
it may from the outside it might look you know less intense, but I think they would argue that no, this is their way of switching on. This is their way of preparing um, calmly, uh, which is the word Pat Cummins and others like to use about this regime. Um, it's it's a very different vibe. And who won the golf day? Just out of interest. Uh, good question. Yeah, we weren't up there for that, so we didn't get to keep too close an eye on it. I did see the ICC had a nice video of. Uh, the guys, you know, hoeing into the longest drive competition. I think that was David Warner who won that. Um, and interestingly, watching him, he uh, plays golf right-handed, which, you know, the guy's just a, a, an athletic freak, right, that that he can do that. Um, so, yeah, there's, there is a lot of guys. I think the English guys are actually, they polished off Ireland inside three days and now they've buggered off up to Scotland <laughs> to, to play at a couple of nice courses. So uh, I know you'd be super keen on, on playing some of those, Josh. Maybe when you're over here we can uh, we can sneak off to um, St Andrews or something and and, uh, and join the guys. Yeah, we might have to hope for a couple of three-day finishes as well. Um, certainly no reserve days. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about England. And, and a pay bump too to afford the, the green fees up there. If, if our bosses are listening, you know, we'll, uh, we'll take it. Um, <laughs> let's talk about England's big win over Ireland. Ten wickets, they took care of the Irish at Lords. Uh, they only had to really bat once and it was big scores from the batters. Duckett, 150, Pope, 200. And Basball was in full effect, going at uh, more than six and over. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know how much, you know, whether you read too much into it. Ireland, you know, we're, we're all huge fans of, but even they were kind of saying that this, I think their CEO said it's not a pinnacle event for them. And uh, it's kind of sad, you know, we've got this great World Test Championship final, um, you know, as a showcase of the best of Test cricket. Um, poor old Ireland, you know, they, they don't even have a domestic first-class competition going at the moment because it was a victim of COVID and, you know, they couldn't host the, the series, an ODI series against uh, Bangladesh uh, a little while ago. I say all that just to um, emphasise that, you know, England were, were playing against a vastly inferior opposition and Ireland did, you know, really well to make them bat again you know, in the end thanks to some kind of plucky late-order batting from their tail enders uh so look in terms i I don't think even england would would argue that it has much ashes relevance it was a you know i guess a a nice kind of tour game um and it's not a knock on island at all and we kind of wish them all the best like they they've got their odi world cup qualifiers coming up and i think they get josh little their star paceman back for it so um Fingers crossed for Ireland, but in terms of England, you know, they um, they did well. They did what they were expected to do and they've lost Jack Leach now as well, which is um, probably the more uh, telling part of all this, right? Well, that's right. I mean, they do have some injury concerns, especially with their bowling attack. James Anderson and Ollie Robinson, of course, missed that test against Ireland due to their respective injury concerns. And now they've lost Jack Leach, who did a back stress fracture, I believe, in that test match. He's going to miss the entire Ashes series. And also Ben Stokes, is his knee good? Can he bowl? We don't really know unless you've heard something from over there, Lou. No, well, I, he keeps saying it's fine, it's fine. But, you know, the proof's in the pudding. He's bowled, I think, one over in competitive cricket since March or, or February. Um, since he did, he kind of uh, redid the injury, I think, during that New Zealand tour. Um, so, you know, he's just not bowling and he can kind of say that, you know, I'll be right for the Ashes as much as, but until we see it, we're just not going to expect it to happen, are we? So that's a real worry uh, for them because that kind of throws off the balance of the side. 
Um, and so does losing Jack Leach. Like he, I think Australians would kind of go, oh, you know, Jack Leach, whatever. Like we, you know, we pants them last time. But I think under he was actually one of the real beneficiaries of Basball. I think he, funnily enough, because he's probably the most defensive option in, in that team, you know, batters and bowlers. But uh, he brought some real control and he allowed their fast bowlers to attack um, in the manner that they want to. So it's not easy being a test spinner. It's not easy kind of going at three and over or just a bit above. Um, England aren't letting other teams, spinners, uh, you know, do that. And I've, I've heard that they are really keen to get after Nathan Lyon in this series, which uh, is a different conversation. So, yeah, who do, who do they replace Leach with? They There's a few reports coming out of the English press today that Moeen Ali has been um, tapped on the shoulder and asked to come out of retirement to um, to play for them, which, uh, look, all due respect to Moeen Ali, I'm not sure any Australians will be uh, quaking in their boots at that, but um, that kind of shows that there's no real logical option to replace Leach. Well, that's right. If we look at their recent tests, England do have some options in the spin department, but they're mainly all-rounders such as Liam Livingston and Will Jacks, who we've both seen in the BBL, not really frontline bowlers who have the credentials of Moen Ali. And of course, there's also Rehan Ahmed, the exciting teenage all-rounder. But again, do you throw him into an Ashes test as well? Yeah, and well, these guys are you know primarily batters first. I mean, even Moen Ali, I know he's been a frontline spinner in test cricket before, but... Um, I think batting's is his strong suit. Uh, so whoever they, you know, it looks like the options they are looking at bringing in would strengthen their batting and you kind of go, geez, you've got a guy like Moen Ali uh, or even Will Jacks or Leon Livingstone coming in at eight. Um, that might even embolden them further. Like the question's kind of been, are they going to keep attacking Australia if they're, you know, five for 50? Well, if you're five for 50 and you've got Moen Ali coming in next, maybe you can do that. So... <laughs> That's that's what they got to weigh up. I, I guess if you kind of go that you know we do, they might think well we don't have a, a world class spinner or a, a spinner in the class of Jack Leach to replace him. Let's not try. Let's strengthen our batting. Let's try and get some overs out of Joe Root and and whoever else. And um, look, if they go down that path, their over rates could be um, could be <laughs> in the toilet. So we'll have to see how that pans out. Maybe we will need that sixth day after all. <laughs> yeah, well, thankfully they're not in place for the Ashes tests, and I'm not. A, I, I do understand why there is a sixth day. I, it's more like just if it does go into the sixth day of the World Test Championship final, I just feel like we're encroaching into into Ashes territory, and <laughs> uh, I don't want it to do that. But. That's just me being selfish. Louis, thank you for all the updates. Hopefully there's a bit of room in your luggage for the mace to fit in if Australia do manage to bring home the World Test Championship final. And to our listeners, a reminder that during the Ashes series, so not this World Test Championship final, but for the Ashes series, all five tests, we'll be bringing you daily podcasts where we wrap up the day's play. So even if you didn't manage to stay up throughout the night, we've got you covered for all the details and all the action and that will be a daily offering. So make sure you hit subscribe on the Unplayable podcast wherever you are listening to this right now. It'll be the best way to be informed throughout the most hyped Ashes series in a long, long time. Louis, thanks again and enjoy the match. I'm looking forward to it, Josh. Hopefully the next time we do this, we might be looking at each other in the eye. Yes, how good. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.